Well, happy belated birthday to Jillian Anderson. That's right. Did you see all of the images on Twitter? I saw a bunch of them. You didn't see all of them? What were you doing? I was wishing my mother a happy birthday because it's the same day. Oh, that's why you were calling her again. I thought it was pretty soon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brutal. She listens to this now. Truth. I'm, I'm sure she agrees that <laughs> you don't call her enough. <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay, it's going to go like that then, huh? <laughs> also, happy birthday to Riley. Yes, it, it was, was Riley's birthday. Two days before that. Yep. Giving out all of his private information. His social security number <laughs> is 15. <laughs> yep. That's how it works, right? Yep. Your age is your social security That's number? That's right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like this is flowing. I'm so tired. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again. And just a reminder that we are raising money for Tiglif, T-I-G-L-F-F. They are an organization that showcases a selection of compelling film and video by, for, and about the LGBTQ community that entertains, enlightens, and empowers. So all you have to do is just listen yeah tell everybody else to listen we are donating 10 cents per stream for the month of august yes what episode is this this is lazarus i can never remember that's because we recorded it like weeks ago i know and we piled up a couple of recordings recently so this is so far (laughs) in the past i don't even remember what it was about (laughs) wow that's great that means you get to look forward to listening to it on your run tomorrow yes i hope You'll be you, surprised by how hilarious I am. Um, I hope you guys are looking forward to remembering what this episode is, just like I am. <laughs> <laughs> also, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. That'll enter you into a contest where we randomly select somebody to get a t-shirt. That's right. I guess that's it. I guess that's it indeed. <laughs> Anything else? Nothing else? No, I'm too tired. Okay. <laughs> well... You guys listen to this episode. She can go take a nap. I would love to go take a nap. It's after seven. There's no such thing as a nap. I would love to go. That's just going to bed. I would love to go to bed right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. You listen to a fantastic episode of a podcast. She's going to go to bed at 7.20 p.m. That would be so good. Can I? Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I am Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley, and this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who somehow never saw The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we are discussing and watching every episode of The X-Files spoiler-free. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 15, Lazarus. It originally aired February... Because that's how it's spelled. Fourth, 1994, to a viewership of 12.1 million people. It was written by Alex Ganza and Howard Gordon and directed by David Nutter. Okay. I recall David Nutter directed something else. Yeah, he's done at least one more. I think a couple. You're going to have to start tracking which ones, who did who did what. Why? Because I want to know. Uh, if you're going to keep saying their names, you're going to have to tie them together. Can't think of a joke for that. Nope. So, how did you like this episode? (laughs) I did not. Okay. Anything else you want to add to that? (laughs) No, I think that's pretty succinct. All right. Just no on this one. (laughs) That's two in a row. Yeah. I didn't hate this one as much as the last one. Didn't really like it, though. Yeah. Well, all right. So, we'll get into it. IMDb says, The consciousness of a dangerous criminal possesses an FBI agent who is also Scully's ex-boyfriend. Okay. I mean... Good enough. Yeah. So let's get into the cast. We're skipping again David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson and going into the... Main cast? (laughs) In this episode, basically, yeah. All right. So we have Chris Alport, a.k.a. Willis. You may know him from Jack Frost. Oh, same character name. (laughs) If he was Jack Frost, I guess. What did that mean? Well, he's Jack Willis in this. Jack Frost, but he's probably not Jack Frost. I'm not sure. I know that that I've heard so much about Jack Frost. It is just a mess of a horror movie. Well, is it that one or is it the Michael Keaton one where 
he's a good snowman. No. It's the horror one. The horror one. Okay. Based on the title, I mean, not the title, the image that popped up with this one, this is the jagged-teethed Jack Frost. Uh, You might also know him from Kindred, The Embrace. (gasps) Oh! Let's see, was he a Tremere? Or a Vent? Oh, he was a Ventru. He looks Ventru. Do you actually know what that is? Yes! (laughs) Of course I do. That's so crazy. I picked it because the kindred were in the last episode. Oh, no, that's it's Vampire, the Masquerade. Oh! As a TV show. I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah, it opens up with the vampire played Luke in the first two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Who was also the judge in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> He's a bruja. Okay. And they're like tying down another vampire to the top of a building so the sun will get him. Oh. But the sun's already up. <laughs> it's mm. a terrible, it's a terrible shot. Yeah, well... What can you do when you have limited budget? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you thought I wouldn't know what a Vampire the Masquerade thing was. I didn't realize it. I didn't see the picture for this one. I just was like, oh, okay, Kindred, because we just talked about the Kindred. Yeah, but Kindred the Embraced is straight up Vampire the Masquerade. That makes sense. All right, so um, next we have Cease Varel, a.k.a. Lula. She was in Silk which has a very cool cover, so I might want to watch that. And Hell Comes from Frogtown. <gasps> I have that downloaded already. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Jason Shombing, a.k.a. Dupree. You may know him from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a long career, because it's like a newer thing, isn't it? Oh, he's still working. Yeah, good. Yep. good for him. Yep. Or R.L. Stein's, see, very topical, yeah. The Haunting Hour. Ooh. Callum Keith Renee, a.k.a. Tommy. He was pretty good, actually. He was. I believe he's still working, too, but I did not pick anything new for him. Oh, I picked okay. some older titles. Frank's Cock. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, Is that a chicken, or should I beep that out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or Torso. The Evelyn Dick story. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You see the theme I found for him? (laughs) uh, No, I missed it entirely. Just chickens. Okay. (laughs) We have Jay Brazo, a.k.a. Professor Varnes. I pulled him because he was in Dazzle the Dinosaur. (laughs) Okay. And Sonic Christmas Blast. (laughs) Okay. Two of your favorites. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, ready to get into it? Absolutely. All right, we start in Maryland Marine Bank. It is 5.55 p.m. Scully and Agent Willis are waiting for a bank robbery based on a tip. Willis is definitely too invested to get this right. Also, the bank has crazy drapes. Did you notice that in the background? I did not notice the crazy drapes. I was busy noticing that they're like, oh, I can't believe they haven't shown up yet. And thinking maybe they were tipped off about how obviously a fed you two are. (laughs) Yes, they obviously are. I've never been in a bank with drapes, so I saw those and honed in on those. Really the whole thing. Whatever else they were doing, didn't matter. Okay. Have you ever been in a bank with drapes? I'm sure I have. Wow. I said, I I guess I don't bank at important enough banks. (laughs) I'm sure that they have drapes in the other banks. Not like that. Well, I didn't see, you know. They were fancy. Okay. And they were so fancy, I had to look up more about this bank. Oh, God. (laughs) So, (laughs) the bank heist was shot in a real bank. Preparations for filming took twice as long as usual as it was the run-up to Christmas, and the area was filled with Christmas shoppers. <laughs> a lot of them dispersed rather quickly, however, when the filming actually took place, and many mistook it for a real bank robbery, with most of them running away. Yikes. That seems like a great story after the fact, because nobody actually got hurt. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you didn't notice all the cameras? That's what I was thinking! And Jillian Anderson? Right? Right? You didn't notice Jillian Anderson? Come on. And the guy from Jack Frost? Uh, Yeah. (sighs) Well, outside in the car, there's a man and a woman. They're prepping for the robbery. The man is stoked. He is super into this. He's so excited. And the woman seems hesitant. She says she doesn't want their luck to run out. He kisses her passionately, but she doesn't kiss him back. So obviously one of them is more invested in this relationship than the other. And they focus in on his tattoo. I, yes, I was getting to that in a moment. I said, in fact, she's over it. Oh, I, that, I didn't figure that in this scene. Oh, I did. 
We get a close-up of his tattoo. It's a terrible tattoo. He gets out of the car, bursts into the bank wearing a skull mask, and starts ordering people around. It's a pretty cool skull mask. I like it. I like the skull mask. What did you think of his tattoo? I loved it tattoo. I'm going to get that. You're getting that one too? I'm going to get that one as soon as we hit a million subscribers. You're going to get Lula tattooed on your arm? (laughs) Yep. Your whole forearm? Yep. And what else was that? A uh, jade dragon. Okay. And then I think maybe in flames it said Lula. Something like that. Yeah. Possibly. But yeah, million subscribers. I'll get that on my forearm. Wow. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. (laughs) So threatened. (laughs) willis and scully intervene willis is shot scully shoots the man and his mask comes off it rolls around fun fact this is the first time scully murders somebody it is it's her first time shooting at a person at all oh she hasn't shot at anybody the only other time she's shot was the the computer yeah i think pretty sure yeah i think you're right she's held her pointed her gun at several men yeah, it's weird that she just let that guy kill Jack first. And it's weird that Jack let him kill him first. Because it took him like 45 seconds to aim that shotgun. <laughs> and he had the shotgun aimed completely down. And then just like went, Bruh! <laughs> and Jack dies. And then Scully shoots him. It's like, what? He had time to shoot Jack and then start aiming at Scully before she pulled the trigger. Maybe she didn't really care about Willis all that much. Clearly. (laughs) I think David Nutter should have had him just never aim the gun away and keep the gun aimed at Jack. It would have made it a little more realistic. Well, realism is not what we're going for. Are you ready for the first example of why? (laughs) I can't wait. At the hospital, Dupree is dead. Willis flatlined over 12 minutes ago. He is also dead. (laughs) But Scully refuses to allow them to pronounce him. She orders them to do more, or she will. I don't think this is how hospitals work. No, I don't know why she would even be in the the room. Me neither. No. Before, in the Predator episode, it made sense that she was there because she was investigating. But this doesn't make sense because this was her partner, and he's dead. So this is a whole different type of situation. Yeah. Being a medical doctor doesn't give you leeway to just be around. They do what she says anyway. As they shock Willis's body, we see Dupree's dead body responding. We know he's dead. I keep saying dead body and is responding because they pulled the drape over his face, which means he's dead. Nobody's working on him anymore. Eventually they get a heartbeat and Willis is back. We pan over to Dupree and his arm is limp. We see his terrible tattoo, which I refuse to get. And also his body is still dead. It focuses in on the tattoo again. Yeah. Like, I wonder if the tattoo's gonna be. (laughs) And also you refuse to get it? Yes. Okay, that means if we get 2 million subscribers, I'm gonna forcibly tattoo that on you. Oh. Yeah. Consent, man. Forcibly. (laughs) <laughs> two million subscribers Ugh. i tell you what if we get a exclusive deal with spotify where we're making joe rogan money ew knocking joe rogan off the charts <laughs> yeah Ugh, hate that guy all right a few days later willis wakes up and he gets dressed and hides from the nurse fortunately he doesn't kill her even though he has what is that thing that he's got it's a tie-off oh yeah okay arm. They had to explain to us immediately that this was not Jack. Right. And this is how they do it. Yes. He also realizes he's in Willis's body now. He being Dupree. So I didn't identify that in my notes. So Dupree goes to the morgue. Dupree as Willis goes to the morgue to find himself. <laughs> find his old body. To find himself. <laughs> no. Okay. He does. He wants his ring. He opens a drawer with morgue tools. And holy hell, I do not want to consider what each of those is used for. <laughs> You'll find out eventually. <laughs> Will I? How? After you die. <laughs> then I'll just be there? Yeah, you're going to be getting all cut up. No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just going to be cremated. You don't have to use that one tool that's like this. What was that tool for? I don't know what you're talking about and neither does anybody else because i just used my fingers to (laughs) describe what it was and nobody can see me oh well i said then dupree as willis disappears oh i was like what does my note mean so he goes to the morgue willis's body goes to the morgue to find dupree's body just call him dupree at this point okay wait which one the one who's still alive i I was going to transition into that in a minute he cuts off 
three fingers to get to the ring. Which seems unnecessary. It does. It really does. But whatever. And then after he gets the wedding ring, Dupree as Willis disappears. Okay, that's the last time I'm doing it. So here's a bit of trivia about this whole setup. The original script was that Dupree's spirit jumps into Mulder's body. But the studio argued against it, considering it too coincidental. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And did the original script have Mulder getting shotgunned to death? I don't know. I guess so. That, uh, yeah, I'm glad the studio... This may be the only time I'm glad the studio <laughs> stepped in. Uh, writer Howard Gordon later said that was the right call. Okay, good. Yeah. I think probably what they were doing is they were like, well, we need these two in here to be doing stuff. But I think they made the right call by not shotgunning Mulder. Yeah. That would have been why. I wonder how the end would have happened. When he's... I guess when he starts to remember... The then cabin he, and everything, he would just turn back to Mulder. I guess. That would be that would be real dumb. Ugh. Anyway, that doesn't happen, so good job, whoever was in charge of that. Scully and Mulder discussed the case. Uh, Willis took three fingers from Dupree's left hand to get the wedding ring. As Scully fills Mulder in on the case, apparently Willis was obsessed with this guy for over a year. Mulder is barely listening. Scully gets ableist again with her post-dramatic psychosis diagnosis. Again, why is she psychoanalyzing people? I don't know. Does not make sense. Between Dupree and Lula, they've killed seven people and stolen about $100,000. And Scully asks Mulder if he's bored, and Mulder says they were married, which means, yes, he's bored because he's not paying any attention to her at all. (laughs) And she says, yeah, so what? And he says, so he was getting the wedding ring. Which is obvious. Yes. It's clear that that's what he was doing. How did it take Mulder and his conspiracy brain to figure that out? I don't know. I don't know. This whole scene is basically exposition. Hmm. Because we needed the backstory as to why anybody was after these folks in the first place. Why are you chasing down some bank robbers for over a year being this invested? Because I called it in that very first scene. Willis is too invested. Hmm. Also, I'm calling him Willis while he's in Willis's body the whole time. Okay. So that's what we're doing. Just letting you know, because that's how my notes are. So the next scene, we're at Dupree and Lula's apartment or house or hideaway, whatever. I think it's, I think it turns out to be a house. It looks like an apartment at first. Yeah. Anyway, their place. Willis arrives looking for Lula. She's not there, of course. There's a plane flying overhead. He reaches into the fireplace for something, probably the money. It's gone. Of course, Lula's gone, the money's gone. We also see his terrible Lula tattoo coming back. So now we know, in case we're being real slow. <laughs> that this is Dupree. Yes. At the X-Files office, Mulder goes all Mulder and decides Willis isn't Willis because he used his left hand to cut off the wedding ring. He figures that out so fast. Right. He just jumps right to it. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense. But you've forgotten, he also has the echocardiogram showing the two heartbeats. Oh, God. <laughs> and I said he has an echocardiogram showing two heartbeats or a mechanical issue or a drawing. Who knows where he actually got this? <laughs> anyway, he asks Scully that when two men died and one came back, how does she know which one? <laughs> and she basically rolls her eyes through this whole scene. And you know what? It makes more sense for Scully to believe that than Mulder. Mulder doesn't believe in religion and stuff. So it's not a soul leaving a body that you bring back and, oh, oops, wrong soul. It's your personality is brain synapses firing. Mm. It doesn't make sense for Mulder to think that it's a, the wrong soul came back to the body. But he's using his left hand. <laughs> Explain that. I, I can. It's Dupree. <laughs> okay. Because Mulder's wrong, and there is souls. Oh, good. And now this is a religion podcast. Super religion podcast. Oh, no. We'll get into super religion another time. (laughs) But first, we're going to the University of Maryland, Department of Biology. Oh, did I tell you my... I told you my thing about Maryland when I was a kid. How I didn't believe Maryland was a place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... Guys, my mom was born in Maryland, and when I was a kid, for some reason, when she told me that, I decided that she must be telling a fable, and Maryland sounded something more like where My Little Ponies came from, Mm. and so I argued with her, like five-year-old me argued with her that Maryland wasn't actually a place, (laughs) and this has stuck in my head forever now. I don't know why. I've actually been to Maryland. It is a real place, but why didn't she just show me on a map? I don't know. I don't know either. 
Man, and why is this the memory I, I keep? Because it's fun. I guess. Uh, anyway, Maryland is a place and there's a university there. We are in the Department of Biology. Professor Varnes, did you catch how to pronounce his name? No, I didn't even catch that this was a, he was a professor. He's wearing a lab coat. I yeah. thought he was a doctor. Oh, okay. And my note was, he needs his license revoked. Yes, he does. So he's telling stories about folks who died and returned to life not being able to wear watches. He also says, people do return from the event profoundly changed. And Scully says, changed how? He says, personality shifts, perceived psychic abilities, increased zest for life. And Mulder says, what about the negative consequences? And I would say personality shifts and perceived psychic abilities were probably <laughs> negative in many, if not all, cases, Mulder. Yeah, delusions. I think those are always negative. What about negative consequences? I just listed two out of three. <laughs> I think increased zest for life seems probably reasonable if you have a near-death or death experience. Yeah. That seems fine. You want to get more out of your life than sitting in a cubicle? Don't we all? <sighs> the professor also relays a wonderful story about a man murdering his wife. It's super charming. <laughs> Scully and Mulder leave the professor's room, and I said room because it wasn't an office. It was a lab or something. Whatever. Scully and Mulder tells Mulder she and Willis dated for almost a year. She also reveals that she and Willis have or had the same birthday, depending on if he's dead or not. Who knows? Whatever. They used to celebrate in some dive in Stratford. You know, all those one birthdays they spent together. <laughs> yeah. Anything to add to that? No, it was just they were trying to tell a story and forgot that what the baseline of the story was. <laughs> yep. All right, now we're in Tommy's apartment. Tommy, it turns out to be Lula's brother. We find this out in a couple more scenes, but we also find it out in this scene, if you're paying any attention at all. So, whatever. Willis breaks into Tommy's apartment. Obviously, Tommy has no idea who Willis is, but after forcing him out of bed and stealing a beer, Willis says Tommy sold them out to the FBI. That's when Tommy realizes it's Dupree, right before Willis kills him. Willis slash Dupree also says more horrifying love stuff. He's obsessed. Lula is obviously better off without him, but we're not supposed to think that yet. No. Because this is a love story. I still don't think it by the end. <laughs> oh, God. Great. <laughs> great, great, great. Now we're at the crime scene, which is Tommy's apartment. Mulder intuits that Tommy was watching TV. I think Tommy could have just been asleep. Oh, and uh, rats ate Tommy's face. Yeah, that was a weird, unnecessary detail to throw in there. Yeah, and then the gross thing, the guy, the cop is grossed out by the nicotine lozenge, not the rat-eaten face. Yeah. Priorities, man. Willis shows up without ID. Remember, he's been missing for a couple of days. I haven't really talked about that, but he has been gone since he left the hospital. Scully talks to him in the hallway. It's a miracle Willis can even walk. It really is. He was just shotgunned to death like three days ago. Yeah. Any kind of injury like that, and you're just out there and about doing your thing like nothing ever happened. Yeah. I guess that's one of the positive consequences of having somebody else's soul in your body. I guess so. When soul meets body. Yeah. Beautiful, really. It is. All of your injuries heal immediately. That's why it's a miracle. Seems some of Willis's knowledge has remained because he shows up. He doesn't seem to know who he, whose body he's in, but he does seem to know that he's in a cop's body. Also, when did he change? He probably went back to Willis's house because he does know whose body he's in because he remembers shooting Willis to death. Okay, that's true. So he knows he's a fed. He knows he's a fed. He doesn't know his name. Yeah. Which makes sense. So Wait, he probably didn't it? go back to his house. No, because then he would have his ID and his yeah. address. But he does show up at the crime scene acting like a fed. So he knows he's a fed. He knows he's a fed. He knows some things. It does feel like there's some information that's crossing over between the two. Well, at this point, it doesn't matter because he remembers killing Willis. So he knows Willis is a fed. He knows he's in a fed's body. Yeah. Just because of he killed that guy. He's taking this very well, by the way. I would, too, actually. If you just woke up in somebody else's body? Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, well, this is exciting. Huh. If my body was dead, I'd be like, this is exciting. If my body was alive and I had just swapped with somebody, that would be freaky. Because what are they doing to my body? <laughs> I want it back. Unless, like, you know, I don't have any knee pain. Oh. Have <laughs> you got an upgrade on joints? I'm just, like, super athletic now. <laughs> <laughs> my hips are fine. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Keep it. Keep my body. 
Eventually, they allow Willis into the crime scene. Mulder found a fingerprint on the TV. Willis is impressed, which is a whole weird line. <laughs> yeah. Does he think that he's like Mulder's superior or something? I don't know. Ugh. No one but the one tech that's taking the fingerprint off of the TV is wearing any protective gear at all. <laughs> but there are approximately 48 people in Tommy's studio apartment. So, you know, real secure crime scene. Hi there, everybody. It's Dave. Thank you for joining us this week, whether it's your first time or you've been with us since the pilot. We always appreciate it. Are you a podcaster that wants to cross-promote? Send an email with your promo to thecastfiles, that's the with two E's, at gmail.com. Now, boils and ghouls, here is a promo from Dads from the Crypt. Hello, boys and ghouls. Welcome to Dads from the Crypt, a weekly podcast where three dads who love horror movies review the Tales from the Crypt TV series and movies. My name is Jason. I'll be joined by fellow dads Jody and Mondo. Join us as we dive into the plot, talent, and source comics of the iconic HBO series. There will also be music recommendations, trivia, and dad advice. Look for the Dads from the Crypt podcast on your favorite podcast app starting on Father's Day. And follow us on our Facebook group, Twitter at CryptDads, and Instagram at Dads from the Crypt. Follow Dads from the Crypt, or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> Next scene, we're at the FBI shooting range. Mulder tests Willis by having him sign Scully's birthday card. He does with his left hand. Great. He's also a crack shot. Which you could be from being a criminal. I know. I didn't know which side of him that was. Yeah, or anybody. Anybody can be a good shot if you practice. I'm not a good shot. I'm a very good shot. I don't practice. When was the last time you went to the shooting range? It's been a while, but I was a very good shot then. All right. I'm not. I get too nervous, and then my hands sweat, and then my entire body sweats, and then I'm positive someone else in the shooting range is going to shoot me. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll have an effect. Yeah. I still hit the card <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not going to be aiming at anybody's head. Body shots only. Okay, good. All right, then. I know. You want them to have open caskets? (laughs) No, I want to hit them. Okay. Bodies are bigger. You have more area. Yes. That's what they tell you when you're not a crack shot. Uh I don't care about their open casket. (laughs) I don't know. Weirdo. All right. Um, Did you know Nicole Brown Simpson had an open casket? Why would I know that? Because we were listening to Homicide Worldwide. (laughs) Okay. So we're at the X-Files office. Mulder gives Scully the birthday card. It's a bit of a prick move. Uh, She says, you're two months early. So that's great. He's not though because... No, he isn't. He's 19 days early. Right. Because her birthday is February 23rd. And it's the 4th. And it's the 4th. Y'all messed up. Scully says, you tested him. Yes, Mulder did because Mulder does that and he failed. Failed miserably. Also, Willis disappeared the fingerprint fingerprint from the TV. Mulder wants it to be an X-File. Scully says it isn't. They bicker about it. And then it's handwriting analysis time. Even if you don't think, oh, they swapped bodies or whatever, you gotta realize that something is very off. Yes. Also, something was very off before any of this happened. This man should not have been on this case anymore. (laughs) Okay, but he was. And now we're here. Yeah. This is why he shouldn't have been on the case. Scully should realize that something is very wrong. Yeah, she doesn't seem to. No, she's busy psychoanalyzing everything else, but not what's going on in her life. Ugh. Ugh. We often have blind spots in our own lives. Philosophy Kristen. Oh, good. <laughs> Willis's desk is our next scene. Uh, Willis looks out of place. He just doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing there. Yeah, but he knows too much. Yeah. Because he got there. Right. He's definitely got enough knowledge Yeah. that I was confused at this point to if he had both personalities in him. He must, right? Well, he they show that he doesn't. But then they show that he does. No, he has like flashes of memory. That's not a full personality. I was thinking Fight Club. He mm. had two distinct Spoiler personalities. Spoiler for Fight Club. 
Yeah, if you haven't seen Fight Club, <laughs> I'm sorry I spoiled that 22-year-old movie for you. I have a feeling that Riley's reaction to the end of Fight Club would not be his reaction to this <sighs> episode. So when we showed Fight Club to Riley at the end and the twist came out, he actually got up off the couch and ran circles <laughs> around the couch going, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it was Phenomenal. Whatever you think of that movie, I will always have fond memories because of his reaction to it. Uh, Alright, so he's at the desk. He's flipping through Dupree and Lula's case file. He looks longingly at Lula's picture. The phone rings. It's a tip from someone who's seen Lula. As he's leaving, Scully tags along. She asks him about the missing fingerprint. He gets agitated and starts speaking like Dupree. I noticed. Apparently Scully doesn't notice. Nope. Because I wanted this to be the moment when Scully realizes it's not Willis, or at least something is up, since she's had so many opportunities and she's missed them. But you said that she never figures it out, so I'm just sitting here disappointed. <laughs> yeah. We're at Lula's apartment building. Willis asks the landlord if he's seen Lula, showing pictures of her smoking with her amazing eyebrows. <laughs> She's got don't mess with me eyebrows. Like, you just see her on the street and you'd be like, you know what? Not gonna mess with you. Not gonna mess with her. The guy says, yes, she paid first and last month in cash. She's in 207. Scully asks where 207 is. They are actually at 202 and there's like one hallway. So, <laughs> sure. Then asks where backup is because Willis was in charge of calling it in. He didn't, obviously. And she didn't double check because... She still doesn't know anything's wrong. No. Willis spots Lula heading to the laundry. Lula throws her basket down and runs. Scully chases her through a room full of hanging laundry. I always love scenes where there's rooms full of hanging laundry. I've never been in a room full of hanging laundry. (laughs) But I love these scenes. They could be super creepy. They're usually super creepy. This one wasn't super creepy, but whatever. If you're writing a horror story and you can fit that in somewhere, I'd love that. (laughs) They tussle, but ultimately Scully wins, cuffing Lula on a mattress that also just happens to be in the basement slash laundry room. Willis shows up. Scully says, she's all yours. And he says, yeah, she is, like a dog on a leash. Which was weird? It was. Lula looks back at him. Apparently this is something Dupree has said before. I didn't quite catch that because I didn't see her look as a look of recognition of that. She looked quizzically back, but she obviously doesn't recognize him because he's in Willis's body. Willis picks up Scully's gun and then tosses his cuffs on the mattress. Scully says she's already cuffed, and he says, that's right, these are for you, or something. Obvious. Then he gets all bananas and licks his finger when he touches Lula's face. She obviously isn't into this level of ick. (laughs) And Willis tells her he came back for her. Scully looks at him like she's figuring something out. I wish she'd have gotten there earlier, like when she had time to call in backup. Right. But again, she didn't. I would like Mulder and Scully to get back on cases together because I'm not really a fan of these episodes where they split up for the whole thing. No. Also, this is the first episode where Mulder or Scully aren't in every single scene. Mulder or Scully. Hmm? So you know how we go from one scene to another? Yeah. This is the first time that Mulder or Scully isn't in every one of those. Oh. Except for cold opens. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. They're usually not in cold opens. That's a good point. Whoever wrote that trivia needs to... I'll revise it later. (laughs) All right. Um, Now we're back at Lula and Dupree's house where Willis, as Dupree, was looking for the money. Willis is trying to explain to Lula that he's actually Dupree. Scully is handcuffed to a pipe. Willis tells the story of their wedding day. It's horrifying. After the (laughs) ceremony, they went to the beach. He sliced open his palm and then her palm and they, and then he held her hand and he said, this is so we can be married in all the oceans across the world when their blood was dripping from their hands into the ocean. Yeah. I was thinking how like 22 year old me would have been like, oh, that's so beautiful. Probably you now, where it's like, there's a part of me that really loves that. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I, I knew, and then it was guaranteed when I said, it's horrifying, and you started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, call it! <laughs> <laughs> 
one thing he doesn't do is show her the damn tattoo that's growing on him. No, he doesn't. Like, here, look at this. It's fading in. Right. Because <laughs> it's some sort of magic. That right there would have done it. Also, I'm glad you said some sort of magic because how is this happening? <sighs> some sort of magic. Is it aliens? It's the magic of love. Is it? This isn't love. It is love. This is the grossest. He loves her so no, much. No, he doesn't. That he came back no. from the dead. No, this is gross. To be with her. No, that's awful. It's beautiful. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, no, no. I hate all of it. <laughs> anyway, I say this is bad news for Lula. Then he says, don't worry, baby. It won't make any difference in the dark. Oh, one of the grossest things that's been said on this show. Yeah, it's so gross. And I said, okay, so two things can be true. She can be a murderer and also in a horrifyingly toxic relationship that she needs to escape. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame her for what she does to Dupree. Not really. I hate it. I hate all of it. All of it. Uh, Now we're back at Lula's apartment building. Agent Bruskin and Mulder speak with Moltrovic, which is the person who called in the tip about Lula and the landlord. I just didn't use his name before. Whatever. He's not that important. Scully and Willis are no longer there. As they're leaving, Willis calls Mulder to taunt him about having Scully. It's great. Oh, and Mulder calls her Dana again. Oh, does he? Yeah. Says it twice. Oh, I didn't even notice. He yeah. said it twice, and we watched this twice, and I didn't notice ever. Yeah, he, when he's talking to her, he says, Dana, are you okay? And then Willis pulls the phone away, and he just goes, Dana! Huh? Well... I don't know what to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. Uh, Now we're back at Lula and Dupree's house. Scully is trying to talk to Willis while Dupree has taken over. It's kind of working, I guess, based on the winter storm flashbacks we see. It sounds like a terrible idea for a romantic getaway, but I live in Florida. (laughs) So does it sound good to you? Our romantic getaway is a cabin in the woods next to Red Tide, so. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) But at least you didn't have to cover me in a blanket when the power failed and we were going to freeze to death. No, we would burn to death. Yeah, we would have. Oh my god, those AC units never stopped. Never. They were so loud. They were so loud. (laughs) It was nice though. I liked watching the birds fly at dusk and the bats. Yep. (sighs) At least there wasn't ice. Still happy about that. Dupree is mad because Scully shot him and left him to die on the table while she tried to save Willis fine that seems like a reason to be mad mm-hmm. turns out willis is diabetic so dupree in his body is also though dupree has been chugging sodas and is feeling the side effects of a diabetic coma she walks in with a soda and he just snatches it from her it was so rude this man is addicted to shasa cola yeah and her lula and shasa cola yep and everybody can do without him not the fine folks at shasa cola i guess not and he drinks it And there's nothing in the can. The can is so empty. And then he says, is there any more soda? And she says, you just drank the last of it. I'm like, he didn't because there wasn't anything in it. Guess there was a sip and he took it. There wasn't. I watched. Zero anything. Shasso. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to keep going until I got something out of here. (laughs) Now Willis is diabetic, and Scully tries to help him, having Lula find insulin. So that's that's what's happening now. So, so Dupree has died, and now Dupree is going to die again. <laughs> R.I.P. times two. Yep. Back in Mulder's office, Mulder is listening to Willis's field notes. It's obvious Willis should have been taken off this case a long time ago. He was obsessed. He was saying something about how this is the greatest love story and how he's so into how they keep doing things that they want to do without worrying about the consequences. He's talking like this is like he's retelling a romance novel and nothing about this is romantic. This man should have been off the case and probably put on leave eons ago. There's something wrong with this man. Oh, not uh, not the fact that he was dating one of his students. Oh, yes. Also, you know what? Just yeet him into the sun. Yeet him into the sun. <laughs> so far, I'm on nobody's side. <laughs> Ugh, this is another one with garbage men. All right, then we're at Lula and Dupree's house. And twist, as Scully is about to administer the insulin, Lula holds her at gunpoint. Scully reminds her that keeping insulin from him will kill him. And Lula understands 
that was her plan all along. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I don't understand why you go get the insulin at all. I don't either. That doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I could see if it was buying you time, but this bought, what, 15 minutes? <laughs> Something And like nothing that. else happened? I don't know. Whatever. It turns out she set Dupree up so she could get away with the money and lose him. I called it way early. Honestly, smart. Seems like a solid way to get out of a controlling relationship. Yeah. She gets out. He's not going to follow her around. The only way to get away from this man is for him to die. Obviously not because he came back. (laughs) (laughs) But the only way he's not going to keep following her is if he's dead. And she gets out of this toxic relationship with money. We did it wrong. (laughs) We? Yeah, we got out of our toxic relationships. (laughs) We didn't get out with $100,000. Okay. Well, and I said, to be clear, I don't care about the $100,000, though she'd be easier to like if she hadn't participated in killing seven people. Yep. Lula calls Mulder and demands a million dollars now in exchange for Scully. This plan sucks. It really does. There's, There's no plan. She went from having a good plan of getting rid of Dupree to... I'm getting greedy, I guess. I guess. Because she really could have just said, all right, Scully, you're handcuffed to the radiator again. The keys are here. You'll eventually get them. Right. <laughs> or here, here's the phone. You can tell them where you're at. But I'm leaving with my $100,000. Right. After he dies. Right. <sighs> but no, now we have to be $1 million in reward money. At the FBI headquarters, Mulder is working with the audio tech, who is freaking amazing. From the recorded call, he's able to identify a small craft taking off, and that narrows the area to about three square miles, the search area. He uses a Z-14 filter. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick one of those up. It took him minutes. He said, within minutes, we can see how far this, what elevation this craft is in. After we're done recording, I'm going to go over to the radio shack. Give me a Z-14 filter. Good luck. Also, do that. In the briefing room, we see the very first time Mulder gets some respect from his peers. Yeah, Bruskin, Bruskin really stood up for him. Yes, so Bruskin is getting off the phone and he says, All right, people, settle down and grab a seat. Mulder says he's got something. And Agent Weston says, What? An alien virus or new information on the Kennedy assassination? He's just so jolly and... <laughs> yeah. Bruskin says, Hey, Mulder's all right. You should pay attention. You might learn something from the man. It's literally the first time anyone besides Scully has shown him any respect. Yeah, and bathroom troll. Oh, yeah. Scully and bathroom troll. Yep. That's it. (sighs) I would say Deep Throat is not his peer because Deep Throat is way outranking (laughs) him. (laughs) All right. Uh, Mulder briefs the search team saying, and then says, in case you don't know, this one's important to me. And we're like, oh, Mulder, we love you. Then... (laughs) I get to the end real fast on this one. <laughs> it pretty much goes to the end real fast. Other than uh, Booker T. Shout, oh, out, shout yeah. out to Booker T. You know what? I didn't add him. I didn't think about him. I thought about him the two times I watched him. Because I was, if I was answering the door and an obvious cop was calling himself Booker T, I'd just ask him, where are the MGs? <laughs> because that, I want to be rude to cops. Yes. But I hope this guy shows up again. Right? He was awesome. I, I enjoyed his performance. Me too. Yes. Um, The FBI building... Wait, I guess I skipped everything? Yep, I skipped everything. And now I'm back at the FBI building. All right, well, I'll I'll power through it if you you want. Go for it, because apparently I gave up. Okay, so Booker T walks away going, hey, that was her. He gets on the radio and says, hey, everybody, that was her. So they surround the house immediately, because apparently they were all right there next to that house. (laughs) Instead of the three-mile radius. Mulder and Bruskin are hanging out, and they're like, our commando arm up guys and there's snipers everywhere they're all looking at the house and then inside meanwhile meanwhile <laughs> willis and lula are she's like ah throw my ring at you because i hate you i never liked you anyway right and then he dies Ugh! and while she's walking around and then she comes back and scully's like he's dead and she gets real close and he's like ha ha i got your gun now because i wasn't really dead and i always wondered always the two times we watched <laughs> i wondered is did scully know he was still alive and set her up i'm not sure but she acts surprised by it so she just calls him dead because she saw him pass out because he because he died he went 
<laughs> and actually, she didn't throw a ring at him until she thought he was dead. Okay. But then she gets close. He grabs her gun. She says, ah, gotcha. And she's like, no, I love you, baby. Look, I put my ring back on. And he's like, no. Then remember that white light? It's peaceful and beautiful. And there's nothing to be afraid of. Cocks the gun and shoots her immediately. There's like no extra talking after that, which I appreciated. He was like, eh, you're dead. And then immediately he's like, I'm dead. And then the FBI all bum rushes everybody and Scully's like, oh, oh, look over there, Jack. And then they, Bruskin checks him and says, nope, he's dead. Everybody's dead. And remember the professor from way before? Yeah. And how when people have near-death experiences and they come back and they murder their wives? Yeah. There you go. Yep, he did it. Yep. Murdered his wife. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are married to a man and he dies and then comes back get the fuck out of there no (laughs) you're ruining my later thing (laughs) i'm warning people this is a psa how dare you how absolutely dare you people can't see the face you're making at me my face is how dare you how dare you how dare you so thanks for filling that in because (laughs) i skipped all of it Look, look there's my note this one's important to me then Scully's cleaning out Willis's desk. <laughs> awesome. Everybody uh, tweet at us, email us, let us know how you like my recap. <laughs> and also, if your significant other has had a death experience, let us know that you've safely gotten away. They'll stick around. Let us know how it worked out wonderful. <laughs> how you cut your palm open and then their palm open and then dripped blood into the ocean. Just get through with the episode. <laughs> Just want to get to my thing. All right, we're at the FBI building now for real this time. (laughs) Scully is cleaning out Willis's desk. Apparently Willis hasn't been close to anyone since he and Scully split because they haven't talked for ever. Yeah. And three years ago, I think. And he's a big brother now, though. Yes, which is nice. And I said, but with him not being close to anyone since they split, I said, which is pretty sad, Willis. That's why he got obsessed with the case. I guess. (gasps) That's why he was obsessed with the love. Wow! That's really good writing! Good job, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it just now came to us like that. Yeah. We're scaring Mo. (laughs) He's over there like, why are you yelling? Well done. Good job. All right. That was so subtle. You know what? I love it. I do too. Good job. This is my favorite episode. Mulder brings her a watch from Willis's house. It's engraved, Happy 35th, Love D. Willis was orphaned, so he had no next of kin. And I guess he was also a, an only child. Only child and orphaned. Although they create a big brother scenario so we can hear the official story. Because otherwise, how are they going to tell us what the official story <laughs> is? And I said, you are fine with this cover story. Yeah, the cover-up was good. Because yeah, Jack fine. Willis didn't deserve to be like nah. smeared as in, he went crazy after he got shot. No. He went crazy before. Yeah, but privately. That's, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's okay to go privately crazy. I guess that's true. He got super obsessed. Oh, do you think he was open to being taken over by someone who was also obsessed? And both of them were obsessed with Lula. No, because uh, Dupree says he watched Jack go through the tunnel. Oh. He said Jack was already gone. So he's like, get your body! Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, the watch stopped at 6.47, the exact time that Jack went into cardiac arrest, because remember, if you die and then you come back, you can't wear watches anymore? Yep. I remember that. And then you murder your wife. Only that one guy. No, two! (sighs) Dupree doesn't count. Dupree counts! He wouldn't have murdered her if she didn't try to murder him. He would have. Mm -mm. That obsession, that level of obsession was leading to murder. Only if she tried to murder him? No! That level of obsession was leading to murder. If you say so. I do say so. Agree with me. (laughs) 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 All right, we'll end this because apparently I am on a roll right now. But Mulder says something very nice. So he says two nice things in this. I guess he says three because he called her Dana, and I feel like that's a nice thing. (laughs) 
It means that they're close. But he brings her the watch, which is another nice thing, and he says that this case is important to him and reminds everybody else, which is also a nice thing. He, he's very nice in this episode. Yeah. Um, so Scully asks, what does that mean? Talking about the watch stopping at 647, because we just talked for another five minutes in between those two sentences. And Mulder says the right thing. He says, it means whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking when she asked that question. So me and Mulder, on the same page. It was really good after Beyond the Sea. Yeah. So people are growing. There's growth. Good. That's good. Yes. All right. So. Who are you shipping? Not Scully and Willis. <laughs> okay. Well, he's dead. Oh, I forgot. You changed the rules. You can ship dead people. Yep. Never mind. I'm shipping Willis and Lula. Oh, Willis and Lula? Yep. Oh, Okay. He was so obsessed with yeah, their love. Yeah, you said that that obsession leads to murder. It does. So you want Lula to get murdered well, again? Well, she is also a murderer. Okay. So it's not okay for Dupree to kill her, but it is okay for Willis to kill her. No, it's not okay for anybody to kill her. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> Who are you shipping? Uh, well, Lula is dead at the end of this. So I'm adding her to the relationship of Howard Graves. <laughs> And the space ghost Martian. Martian space ghost. You're damning her to a life, and not a life, a death of eternal wandering this planet? I'm adding, I'm creating a thruple of ghosts. One of them's a Martian. The other, is a, the other is a murderer as well. That's true. She will fit in here. You know what? I'd watch that sitcom. All right. <laughs> Three's a thruple. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, how are you surviving? How I am surviving this is when I die, I'm going to just want to come back really bad. Okay. <laughs> it, it works, apparently. Yep. <laughs> so what X-Files is telling us is that all of your loved ones who have died and not come back... <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> ...didn't want to come back enough. For you. Yep. They didn't love you enough. That's right. Yikes. That is... That is really harsh, X-Files. <laughs> I am taking that personally. You should. I do. How are you surviving? I'm banking at credit unions. Okay. <laughs> All right. 15 episodes in. All right. We have lasted as long as Baghdad Cafe, starring Whoopi Goldberg and Gene Stapleton, who was Edith Bunker. Huh. And also guest starring uh, Cleavon Little. Huh. Yeah. That was all for 15 episodes. And so was the Chevy Chase show. Ugh. <laughs> Somebody decided to give him a talk show at one point. Why? I don't know. They thought he was funny he's, for 15 episodes. He's not. And also, he's terrible to work with. Yeah. I know from personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else on this episode? Nothing. Nothing? All right. Well, I guess this is our favorite now, right? No. <laughs> The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at thecastfiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Atuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 